Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And are we still allowed to use this intro? It seems only time will tell. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't become offensive. (laughs) I don't know what could be offensive about being DTF. Yeah, I don't either. If anything, the term represents the purity of consent. Very true. Because you are all about it. Yep. Very true. You know, dissecting this fiction. Yeah. Yeah, what else could it mean? (laughs) Dangling the fruit? That's true. I guess you're right. It could mean dangling the fruit. (laughs) I was trying to think of other things. I had a lot in my head, but... I can see you, like, thinking, like, I'm trying to decide if you're going to say something or not. You just had a bunch in there, and you're like, yeah. oh, let's not do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they were that great. Yeah. <laughs> Deflecting the fart. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Diluting the foam. Distributing the food. Okay. If you want to take more of a <laughs> business approach. <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. It just happened. Well, we've got a large roster of items to talk about today. I got another one. What is it? Dicking the fungus. Dicking the fungus? Yeah. Okay. That's an odd kink. <laughs> I mean, if that's your that's what you're into, then you do you, but... <laughs> hey, we'll be talking about some fungus later. Yeah. Will we? Oh, I guess you're right. See? <laughs> I mean, is that a spoiler? Is there dicking of the fungus in that game? <laughs> Depends how you perceive it, I guess. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> good to know. Well, for the time being, I mm-hmm. think we're safe. Yeah. As far as I can tell, people enjoy dissecting this fiction. Yeah. And to start with our gaming episode this week, we have some lackluster... Announcements for July's Games with Gold and PlayStation yeah, Plus. Get ready to be not blown away. Yeah. <laughs> I think Microsoft and PlayStation have made it very clear they have checked out of the current gen as far as this service goes. And they just don't give a fuck anymore. Okay. Uh, so to start with Games with Gold, we have a racing rally simulator. Uh, WRC8. So I assume that means there's seven more out there. Yeah. But this one particularly is free. Okay. From July 1st through the 31st on Xbox One. Dunk Lords. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> that sounds like an insult. <laughs> Way to go, Dunk Lord. <laughs> so what's this about? Really dunk that one, Lord. <laughs> This is a 2v2 basketball brawler. Okay. Uh, from July 16th to August 15th on Xbox One. All right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> uh, Saints Row 2, which is a actually an Xbox 360 game, uh, is going to be available from July 1st through the 15th on both Xbox One and Xbox 360. Okay. Uh, this is basically like a GTA arcade style open world destroy the fucking landscape mm-hmm. we played the third one yes we have the fourth one oh, have yeah. not played it yet fair 
It's been a while, huh? It's been many years. Yeah. <laughs> it's on our to-do list. It's definitely it's on, on that our, backlog. our huge backlog. Yeah. yeah. And now we can't play it till we finish two, obviously. Because we got to do it in order, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, we already played three, though, so. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I guess we can just write up, we're, right off we're, number we're two We're Tarantinoing the franchise. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back to two after four. Maybe. And lastly, they have Juju. Okay. From July 16th to the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Uh, it's described as a, fan, a family-friendly platformer. Is it about jelly beans? I, I assume so, yes. Okay. <laughs> The, the whole game is trying to find the rest of your jujus. Yeah. <laughs> you are the lone juju in a box. Yeah. You wake up. You're trying to find your family. After a night of being at the theater. Mm-hmm. And now you got to figure out where the rest of your jujus went. Yeah. Spoilers. They're in the toilet at this point. Yeah. Or the sewer, potentially, even. There you go. Depending on how considerate the moviegoer was. Yeah. Do I flush? <laughs> All right, well, that's a pretty lackluster list there. Yeah, that's just for games with gold. Uh, it gets even better with PlayStation Plus. What? Does it? Uh, they do not have anything announced yet. Oh. We have to wait, I guess, till first day of July? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but to note that the 29th of June is the 10th anniversary for the PlayStation Plus service. Oh, okay. So possibly they have something bigger planned that is just going to be some surprise moment. Who knows? Okay. Probably wishful thinking. Yeah. Again, they're probably just like, we don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> you figure something else out. Oh, you, you still play those. Yeah. They're probably like, you don't have a huge backlog of games you can just play? Because <laughs> everybody fucking has one. Yeah. They're they're working on the patches for all of those yeah. on the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> just good. All the previous PlayStation Plus games. Yeah. Come check out Dunk Lords. Ew. On the PS5. No, it's, it's very lackluster so far. Bummer. But who knows? Maybe PlayStation Plus will... will Pull out a victory uh, with some some really good games. Yeah, I mean, in the seeing, next couple days, even if anybody at PlayStation Plus has been watching and sees what Xbox has to offer, they could just literally drop one game that's halfway decent and mm-hmm. still win. So if they're smart, they would. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how the politics work with the business side of how quickly they put games out. Yeah, you think they. They'd see their list, but like, yeah, we could definitely do yeah, better. Yeah, we could beat that. Yeah. All right, what do we got? Let's, let's make this happen. Well, I could tell you one thing that we don't have. What do we want to start out with that in the gaming news. What do we not have? Uh, a Lord of the Rings game that uh, was going to be developed from a studio called Traveler's Tales, who was known for doing some of the Lego games. It was revealed that in 2008, the company spent over a million dollars on a patch, which would tie into The Hobbit, which was, at the time, the films being made. Mm -hmm. So they were going to make a whole game based around The Hobbit and that plot line. And that never happened. So the team put together a pitch for Peter Jackson, Mm -hmm. in which they had photorealistic scenes from the series put on 360 hardware. Okay. To basically 
give a demo yeah. to what the game could be. Yeah. And apparently it was really impressive for the time that it was mm-hmm. visually. Uh, unfortunately, WB passed on the concept because they wanted to have a story in the world of Lord of the Rings, but not connected directly to the stories. Uh-huh. So basically they wanted to do a side story within the same world. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. That's, yeah. what, that's what Lord of the Rings War in the North is. And guess what we got out of this? What? Shadow of Mordor. Okay. Interesting. So this uh, demo game, maybe they didn't have a concept of what type of game it was going to be yet then? Well, the problem was the game was going to be literally the story oh, of The Hobbit, just oh, told okay. in a video game. Okay, got it, And got so it. WB didn't want to do that. They wanted to have something new, but within the world. Understood. Well, I wish they had made a story that was more of an adventure RPG, like the story of The Hobbit would have been, rather than like a big, giant, whatever the fuck, more than, uh, what the fuck it's called. Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor was. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it was too, there were too many like war and enemy mechanic things. It didn't work for me. I played it. Shadow of Mordor, I think, was more simplified. Yeah. War got way too advanced. Got really it, intense. You know, it basically had Shadow of Mordor, and then on top of that, it had a whole nother layer of game, which was a strategy defense. Yeah. War. You yeah. Know. I finally finished Mordor, Shadow of Mordor. There's only two games. It's hard for me it's to keep straight. It's not complicated. It's hard for me to keep straight because I didn't love either of them. But I finally finished the first one because I knew the second one was coming out. And then I, I had like, I don't know, some side mission thing that I could have done. But the new one came out and then I got into the new game and I never went back to it. So I had, oh, like achievements or something that I could have done. And mm-hmm. I just like abandoned it. Gotcha. And then I obviously abandoned the second one too because I'm not good at those games. <laughs> hmm. The yeah. graphics are really nice. Uh, actually, though. now that I think about it, we have a bunch of DLC for that game. Yes, that because we had this version with the season pass, and yes. I don't think I ever went back to some of the DLC. Yeah, if any of it. So I'll have I, to go check that all I out. I think I liked the second one better, but only because of the whole part where it was like strategic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this, this still the whole um like enemy commander thing. Yeah. That, that I was, was really into that game when I was first playing it. Yeah, it I know. was really fun. Yeah. Uh. And that game is gorgeous yeah. on the One X. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, very good. Well, I'm still bummed we didn't get that original Hobbit one, but I yeah. understand the concept of needing a game that's not exactly the same story. Well, ironically, one of the things that they showed with their photorealistic scenes was Gandalf fighting Barog. Oh, okay. So, I guess it's safe to say, uh, you shall not pass. All right ridiculous right now (laughs) but if you remember there was also rumors of a suicide squad that had been canceled early on years ago i vaguely remember this turns out the game might still be in production really and it still might exist they're just waiting for the other suicide squad movie (laughs) maybe So what we have is a domain registration for a couple games, uh, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. These were .com domains. Okay. Uh, But 
reportedly Rocksteady is the developer behind the games based off these domain registrations. Okay. Um, we know that they are obviously working on a Dark Knight game for that franchise for mm-hmm. WB. Uh, but what we don't know is what the game is. Right. Uh, obviously, speculations and teases have all pointed to Court of Owls. Yeah. So everyone's looking forward to that, hopefully being the thing. But it also seems that Suicide Squad is potentially also also a game, which you kind of bring up a good point. It, it could be something that they are planning to market with the next installment of the Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. As part of a you know cross promotion and all that, right? So we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. But like, how would you feel about a, a Suicide Squad game, and what would that be? I feel like a Suicide Squad game would be um, a really good opportunity for like a game that we already have forty million versions of. That like uh, player versus player, like the five. Uh, mm-hmm. what's it called um, Overwatch and those kind of games where like you can jump in and like you would just choose your. It's like an online mm-hmm. game, right? I don't know what the fuck yeah. that game style is called, but like I feel like if you're making a Suicide Squad game, that's how you should do it because then you can jump in and choose which pe- person of the Suicide Squad you want to be, and you have to work together to do some fucking mission or whatever. But that's not—it's hmm. not the coolest well, option. It'd be better to have Overwatch a story. is more of a versus deathmatch thing. Yes. Um, not really mission based. I know. Well, I guess they have like objective there's like team missions or whatever not maybe not with overwatch but there was another one one of those type of games though yeah i wouldn't want i wouldn't want to play that but i think it would be an interesting concept Mm -hmm. for people who like that type of game i could imagine like a horde type thing where you have your crew of suicide squad characters Uh and then you have to go against like onslaughts of enemies or whatever yeah that would be cool or just basically what the arkham games are but each Instead of it being an open world, it could be more of a... Well, I guess you could do open world. But, like, more level-based, I guess. And then mm-hmm. just have specific characters for each level or... Yeah, that could work. Something like that. Or, kind of like what War for Cybertron did with their first game, the, the Transformers game. It was, mm-hmm. you basically had three characters you could pick from. Mm-hmm. And you could just play any of those. Oh, or it could be like, um, what is that game that we played recently where you could choose, you had to choose the character based on the mission you were doing. It was like, you're about to go do a mission, you get to, oh, it, no, sorry, never mind. You're, I'm thinking of the Batman game that we were playing. The Telltale game. You got to choose where you wanted to be, Bruce Wayne oh. or Batman. Mm-hmm. So something kind of like that where you could say, you have this thing to achieve, which, what, who's your team that you're taking with you or whatever, So you're, or, or which one of the team. Whether it's just one or multiple, I'm not so sure. So you would have like way more characters available to you, but mm-hmm. you would only pick X amount. Yes. To, to make. Yeah, your you'd team. have a big pool of possible Suicide Squad members, and you would pick your team based on the mission. That's an interesting thing. Would it be like the Telltale game though, where it's just that's, more narrative, that's, that's or is I'm it not. an actual game? I think it's an actual game. Not to throw shade at those. I know. I know. But you know what I mean. I know. I got the idea from the Telltale game, but I think it would be more for like a real action-based So kind of like game. a mash between what they already do with these games and the Telltale style. Yes. Okay. Last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Is this in the same world? Does it tie into those games? Uh, hmm. Are they going to be the same exact characters that would be villains in those games that also have been in Suicide Squad? 
Like you have Harley Quinn in, right. in some of the Batman Arkham games. Mm-hmm. So is she the same one that's going to be in this one, presumably? It's a good question. Um, refresh my memory. Refresh my memory. Is Rocksteady the one that did the other Batman games already? Yes. Okay. Montreal is the only okay. other one, but they're the one that did Origin that people didn't like. Okay. Um, so in the interest of continuity within the studio, I'd say they probably would be the same, but I don't know if that works out with, uh, matching up with the movie coming out because I know there's character differences and whatnot. So I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have a good answer. I wouldn't think they would make it be the characters from the movies. No, no. I know that I just meant. Yeah, because in, in the movie, movie tie-in games are no longer a thing. I agree. They don't exist anymore. No, but they were just marketed around the same time is what I was yeah, trying yeah, to say. Yeah. yeah. But I mean um, that in the movie universe versus the game universe, there might be different characters who are not alive versus are alive, depending on the scenario. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was like. I'm not really sure about. I don't I mean, know. I don't. That's a good question. I don't really think they have killed off anybody that I can think of in any of the games. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I haven't played them, so obviously I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a good question, though. Those games were good at having, like, a lot of enemies that you don't necessarily fight, but, like, they, they're referenced heavily in, like, the, you know, files that you find. Yeah, they're or like, oh, this person did just this. Just backstories of other characters and, and stuff. Just, so, like, like, it's more fleshed out in that universe, but not really having directly shown those characters. Anyways, I mean, it's been many years that we've been waiting for an announcement, so yeah, we'll see. I think it was like 2015, I think, was the last game release. So, um, how long are those games, approximately? Uh, I don't fucking remember. Uh, they keep getting longer. I could tell you that. Are they like The Witcher Three status, or are they like uh, no more like I, 20 hours or something? Like I want to say Arkham Knight was about 50 hours if you did okay. everything. Okay, that's my what i recall okay good to know i think i need to like actually write down my backlog <laughs> otherwise i'm yeah. never gonna ever you know i've it. i've learned actually that there's like third-party apps you can download that you can keep track of like movies and games and stuff that yeah. you have oh, okay and put them in catalogs of want to play Whatever, really? Already played. I've never completed. seen one for games. That's a really good idea. I, 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 some of the Facebook groups I'm in, I've, I've noticed people reference some things that they use to okay. like, basically, keep track of that exact thing. Gotcha. So the whenever you want to buy a new game, you go look at how many games you already own but haven't played. Mm. I mean, <laughs> if anything, for me, it's just to, to, so I can go and add it to yeah. my list of right. games I haven't played yet. Right. And, Still need to. Yeah. I actually, when we first got the new, my, was within my new Xbox One S or whatever, Mm -hmm. it had like the category or the, is it categories or folders or whatever the fuck on the desktop, the dashboard, sorry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not a computer. Um, I organized a bunch of games into like things I wanted to, things I hadn't played yet, things that I wanted to play with you, Mm -hmm. things that I was in progress with, and then another one, which was things I needed to replay either some or or part of it for, like, achievements or DLC or whatever. Yeah. I guess achievements. Um, And then I was, like, really good about it for, like, a month. And then now I I went back and I found them. I was like, oh, this is very old. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I 
I have all of those kind of categories yeah. and I'm, I just have never looked at them they since just making never it. Get, yeah, exactly. So, I'm like, I should go through this again. And I'm like, okay, yeah. now I'm just feeling like They the have bag. improved on the sorting nature of how it all works too. So it's a little bit more organized than it was when we mm-hmm. first had it. So yeah. maybe I'll go back and just kind of flesh through it a little bit yeah. more and, we and see. We should prune those lists a little bit because I know we do have a lot of multiplayer games pending for both of us. We should yeah. at least be consistent on those. Definitely. Definitely. Well. But uh, it is safe to say that many games are too long these days. They're very long. A lot of them are. So it's also hard to get into other games because you feel like you have to like finish ones you already have. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And former Sony executive Sean Layden. Oh, yeah? Seems to agree with me. Does he now? So Sean Layden was previously the chairman of sony interactive entertainment worldwide studios Uh, and he told in an interview he told venture beat i would welcome the return of the 12 to 15 hour game noting that you could finish more games could lead to more compelling content and as a bonus could help developers cut costs yeah that makes sense yeah Uh, and then he later was quoted saying Major AAA games in the current generation go anywhere from 80 million to 150 million or more to build, and that's before marketing. It's a huge upfront cost. Extending over time, it takes three or four or five years to build a game while you're not getting any return on the investment. You just know to pay into it looking for the big payoff at the end. I don't think in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and expect the industry to continue to grow. Yeah, because he had also talked about the fact that gaming, uh, the price of games and the cost of producing, or the cost of producing a game has pretty much doubled with each generation of console. And so he's talking with respect to the new generation. He's like, it doesn't make sense. There's no, it doesn't seem possible that they could raise the price twice and still actually be profitable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not in the industry. We don't specifically know what goes into making games, Mm -hmm. especially in each generation. Right. But I would imagine, since the tech is better, since what they can do is better, Mm -hmm. you need more manpower and experience to improve upon and, and do, like, the next level of... Right. The gaming yeah, industry. Yeah, trying to wow people triple every A titles. single time. Yeah. So it takes more money, I imagine, more more time, more effort. Mm-hmm. And then know. he had mentioned that it was a summarize, summarizing it by saying developers could cut costs, but basically because of the last, this generation specifically has been really bad, I guess, with um, the whole crunch time situation, like trying to like, oh, basically the people who are working on games are getting overworked and cramming at the end to try to get yeah. stuff done they're getting well, a lot of overtime and... it's always been an issue but it's yeah. lately becoming more of a known thing because yeah. of a lot of social movements and yeah. stuff uh you know it's even brought into question if the games industry should have a union-based concept mm-hmm. within it yeah to assure jobs but at the same time then you're gonna have less people yeah at that, that makes point complicated right? as well I kind of feel like, well, first off, 80 million to 150 million, that's crazy how much that it is yeah. put into a video game, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it kind of goes into, I, I, I thought of Game Pass when we read this article. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of made me think of like the future of gaming and where Microsoft is trying to take Game Pass into this subscription service for gaming. Mm-hmm. And I know the logical assumption is, oh, cool, we'll get our big 50-hour AAA titles at a monthly rate. Oh. But the reality is... I was like, people think that? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean well, they they are kind of doing that, right? Yeah, but they're older games Ga- usually, aren't Gears they? Gears of War 5 came out on Game Pass when it was launched. And was that launch? Oh, okay. Th- that wasn't a 50-hour game, but it was like a... I think it was about 30, if I okay. recall, with the okay. campaign and all that stuff. Okay. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, realistically, it's kind of like he's saying, like, you can't expect these big triple-A titles like Assassin's Creed, which are like hundreds of hours, yeah. or franchises that that are known for their big scale gaming you know like like fallout Fallout and and those type of games uh realistically you can't expect those to continue getting bigger every time yeah that's at a certain point the shock value level of increase is not possible yeah so when it comes to game pass i was kind of thinking well i feel the natural step in that direction is if that's the way that the industry is going to go at some point Kind of what he's saying makes more sense. 12 to 15 hour games. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily even that's the entire game, but like, kind of you brought up Telltales yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily even that same gameplay either, but episodic concept like that where, yeah. you know, maybe Suicide Squad, for example, mm-hmm. maybe that game comes out episodic. Maybe yeah. each one is the character that you are. Maybe that's they're five point. hour games. Yeah. And then every time you get a different character that comes out. And that's the... Overall, it layers and layers, and that's the game. They all tie together, and they tell the story of the final product. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. That way, they could take their time to put into this game. Mm -hmm. They don't have to get 100% complete. What they can do is put it out in sections. Right. And that also would work with the marketing idea of keeping your game... In the consumer mind. Yes. You know. And also it helps with, potentially with budgeting and keeping employment levels up. Because you have a team that gets to stay working on the same project for an extended period of time. Instead of just working for three to five years, like we said. Mm -hmm. And then they they have to move on to a new project. And that's kind of why you're seeing a lot of games take this service approach Mm -hmm. within their game. Mm -hmm. Where they try try and sell you cosmetics and 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 updates that keep the game with seasons that change aspects of it yeah because that way the game lasts longer and and they can keep employment going right by working on the same game instead of having to make the sequel every couple years and then it's not this it's probably you're going to end up with better quality stuff because you're not having to work out the raw bugs every time you're just still working on the same project that you already have tons of experience with you're just adding content like there's obviously yeah. still bugs and whatever but you know what i mean it's it's a it's, you're not starting from the ground up every time yeah and then i i guess another idea i had was also in the sense of like let's say maybe the maybe the fan base gets tired of the game too mm-hmm. after a certain point you can kind of read into that through you know i guess social media like mm-hmm. you 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 can kind of tell when people are getting fatigued from your product. Let's say it's episodic. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of know when you can wind down the story to yeah. conclude 
and not drag it on. True, very true. I don't know. Just these are all just random ideas, but yeah. Um, but I think he's on to something. I know his is more of like the business mind of it, of like financially. But yeah. like we'll talk about Last of Us Part Two later, mm-hmm. and you know, and it kind of ties into this a little bit with something that I feel about after playing that game. Okay. Um, but then on the other side, you know, like we brought up Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of hours we've spent on that game. Yeah. Loved every second of it. True. Um, so I think it really just depends on the mechanics of a game, the context of what is making the game long. If it's replay value, then maybe not a concern how long the game is. If it's story narrative and it's just like dragging on and it just doesn't need to go that long, sure, maybe you should consider cutting it down. Right. We're just kind of going into this shift from games being a thing for entertainment to being true storytelling devices and narratives to right. to give complex and impactful tales to, yeah, to people. Yeah, that's true. People are you more know, accepting they're, of they're, it as a they're medium. more comparable to movies now than they were before. Yes, that's a good point. So it's bringing in a whole new dynamic to the industry yeah. of what games could be. Yeah. Well, speaking of new dynamics, we actually got uh, our... More, some more information and some more viewing pleasure on Cyberpunk 2077. They had their Night City Wire first episode aired. And I did not watch the whole thing, but I did watch a little bit. And uh, we I just have some Cliff's notes from it for everybody to know what came out of it. We got a new trailer, which looked really cool. Um, get a little bit more fun stuff happening in there. And then we got a lot of gameplay. Um, they did also announce that CD Projekt Red is teaming up with Studio Trigger and Netflix, and they're going to be putting out an anime series called Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is coming out in 2022. Um, it's a standalone story in the same universe. as It's in Night City, but it's not part of the game, and it's not a recreation of the game. Different characters and everything. So it's just a related story in the same universe. Hmm. Something like WB tried to do, huh? Yeah. So the f- two big things we learned about with the new tra- the new trailer and watching the rest of this Night City situation are the feature in the game called Brain Dancing. Um, it's kind of, they described it as immersive memory video. So you can record and re-watch your own memories or you can also now watch other people's memories with the ability to like stop, rewind, move around, watch, uh, like kind of look around for, for other clues and other, other perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go back into somebody's memory and like look around for other things if you're looking trying to like solve some kind of it problem. S- sounds like this is literally the entire game of Detroit Become Human. It does, yes. And this is just <laughs> a section of the game. Yes, like it's a, just a mechanic a, of the it's game. It's a mechanic of the game. Yeah. Um, and there's like a special thing where they call it flatliner. So there's mem- brain. You can brain dance an experience of someone who dies. And so that's a totally different thing that we we saw in the trailer. The person died in the middle of it. Um, so you could see how they died? Yes. Or you can experience their death. Which I don't know why anybody would want to do. That but. sounds like uh, an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, it does. Um, well, I mean, there was an episode, I'm saying. I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay, got there it. There was an episode where they had this device uh-huh. that they could like plug it to people who died's head. Uh-huh. And it allows them to visually see on a monitor... Within the device, oh, I think how the person died, so they okay. could 
rule of so it there was, was never murder any murder or whatever uh, charges. It was just always like, yes, you murdered this person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no dispute. Right. Okay. Um. So this mechanic looked pretty interesting. It definitely has a lot of potential for some crazy, crazy bullshit going on in the game. Um, they showed a lot of character customization even within this and other users were able to show videos afterwards um, on character customization. There's like a million, million, million options. There's so many things that you can do to customize your character. Do you think they'll ever bring in like a customization that's themed after Witcher characters? I mean, that would be cool. Geralt. Geralt. <laughs> Potato, um, potato. No. That would be pretty cool, though. I feel like they... I mean, somebody's still I mean, going to... seems like an easy easy way to make some money off of this Absolutely, game. Absolutely, yeah. If, I don't know. Did they say there would be microtransactions in this game? Uh, I don't remember. Um, okay. But these are perfect examples of kind of what we just talked about the last story about games being so long. It's yes. like The Witcher, this game, they yes. look like they are... Well, we know that Witcher is extremely fucking long. It's like hundreds of hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, like 300 plus hours yes. from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, this game, like we could just, just from everything we're seeing, like, we know this game is going to be fucking long. Yeah, and there's going to be a tremendous amount of replay value on it as well. Um, because when you choose your character class, you can be one of three things. Nomad, Street Kid, or Corpo. I don't know what any of that shit means. Street Kid. Street Kid. That's, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, maybe the <laughs> translation from Polish. I don't know. Um, it's, <laughs> but those are, you choose a street class or a character class and each um, class has a distinct prologue with the, each one only has its own beginning story and then that character only or that character class has a specific set of reactions and things that they can perform. Mm -hmm. And then, so you would play once as a nomad and play again as a street kid, and they you might have different interaction possible with your environment and other people because of that class. Now, that's only within the prologue or no, is that the entire period, game? the entire game. Okay. The prologue, each one is unique for the, the character scenario because of their class, but the gotcha. entire game is affected by your choice. Okay, so the prologue is going to be individual for each game or character type mm -hmm. but at the end it's assumed that they will find themselves in the same position as all the others yes going forward to the story of the game i believe that you yes i think that's the case they start Which in the is same most likely meeting with some boss guy right that's right gonna have a job for yeah. you, i'm assuming but that being said there there's they start out in the same situation but then they only have a set number of responses and interactions that can be performed based on the character class you chose in the beginning gotcha. so you do have to um it's kind of like a an R, like other rpg games where it's like you if you chose to be a thief or whatever kind mm -hmm. of yeah. then you would have the option to pick a lock but the other like the other kind would not gotcha um so it sounds like they have a lot of custom options in this game as far as how in depth you can get with your characters yes many 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 options the most insane level of customization I think I've ever seen in a game. Uh, they actually even have... <laughs> they revealed that there are five different types of pubic hair that you can choose in the game. Okay. Um, so we talked briefly before about how there was going to be adjustable genitalia and customizable and all that, right? So the rundown of that is there's three different kinds of nipples. 
two different dick types with size adjustable okay, on each well, one. Okay, so as far as nipples. Yes, I would like to know how they're Okay, well, we know there's two, right? There's innies and outies, right? Any nipples? Well, because, yeah, like, there's like... Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. The nipple part is like kind of pushed in uh-huh. and it doesn't pop out unless they like get like stiff from being like okay. stimulated. Okay. Okay. So then there's probably like puffy nipples and then like relatively normal nipples, yeah. right? In my experience. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen some it. women. I've never seen any nipples. So. It's been that way with some of them. Okay. I see. Well, uh, yeah, so there's three different types. I guess we'll have to see which, which three they chose. I, I'm just really curious what the third one I, is. I'm <laughs> fairly certain that there's a lot more than three types of nipples. Does it have a world. mouth? Like, what? Okay. what is... <laughs> oh, I bet you. I wonder if one type has, like, piercings or something. Okay. Well, that's... that's. I mean, that, I That's a BS... They do have uh, piercings. Claim, then. They do have piercings and body modification yeah, and stuff sure, as a separate but... section of this modifi- uh, customization, so maybe not. But if you're going to claim that's a type of nipple, that's just... That's I don't a know. Lie. Maybe it's color. I have no idea. We'll see what happens. Okay. It could be size. It could be size. Oh, yeah. Could have got some dinner plate nipples in there. Okay. So, really, that's probably what it is. It's probably just the size. size. That's okay. it. I imagine. Well, we'll see what happens. So there's two different... They don't represent the inner nips. Right. Um, there's two different dick types with the size adjustable, each type. I'm assuming that's just so like that circumcised and uncircumcised. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's a style, a style of dick that you get to choose. Gotcha. And then each one you can slider up or down. Like you can have a size bigger, bigger or smaller. Um, and I mean, then, I guess they would have to have the ability for circumcised or not because yeah. you wouldn't want to upset somebody to be forced to have a specific dick. Right. <laughs> not in this day yeah. and age. Um, one thing I'm a little bummed out about is there's that many options for dicks and nipples. There's only one vagina option. And I know there's multiple different types of vaginas. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've heard rumors of that. <laughs> um, but you know what? They've got five different types of pubic hair, so I guess we'll just fucking go to town with that. So the nipple thing was confusing to you. Yeah. But you're you're very confident about all of the varieties of vagina. Yes. Okay. I mean, not all the varieties, but I know there's at least two types. There's an innie and an outie. There's an innie and an outie vagina. Yeah. Yeah. The, how long of the flaps you have. Yeah. <laughs> the flaps. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know what I'm talking about when I, I say do. flaps. Yeah, I do. I know what you're talking about. So, I don't know. Whatever. It's cool. I'm glad they have like a million things to customize. There's also like normal things you can customize like eyebrows and uh, and eyes and nose and fucking whatever else but i just thought this was more hilarious to talk about what percent of people do you think are going to get this game and have one of these situations where it does not match them Mm -hmm. and feel like they are a freak Uh, because they're not even in a game yeah i don't know that's a good question but fun fact for anybody who is offended by any of this discussion we just had first of all i'm surprised you're listening Second of all, uh, they do have an option to bypass the genitalia feature. Like, you can just, um, you can actually have a setting in the beginning. You can say, I don't want nudity and I don't want genitals. Ken mode. Pretty much. Um, and so and it randomizes mode. stuff and then you can tell it whether you want to see nudity or not in the game. And so it will change that yeah. for you. If you are worried I, about, just maybe for people who are worried about their I, kids I just feel playing like... it or something. You shouldn't be buying this game unless you're of age to be able to handle the content anyways. Yeah, but there's also... So, 
given that concept, like, why would you even be buying this game if you don't like nudity and violence? I just think maybe some people are less comfortable with it, or maybe they want to be able to play and not have to worry about their kid running into the room or something, so. Okay, that's a valid point. Just in case. They could put on, like, a sensor mode for yeah. while their kids are awake. Yeah, I don't know if it's you can turn it off or on, the setting, but just in case. I imagine it's something you could do. Um, yeah, so there's that. But yeah, lots of cool features, and then Night City Wire is going to be, I don't know if it's, I don't think it, it said weekly or not. There's going to be a lot more episodes, and they're going to be coming out between now and November when the game comes out, so okay. keep an eye out for them. And the actual episode was only like 25 minutes, so the whole like six and a half hour stream thing that was on beforehand was not as... Yeah, that that's just like the journalist's yeah. side, they're trying to drag it out Hype after it. they have all this content that they don't really have. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but I just hope that I fall within one of the five pubic types. Yeah, I hope so too. Pubic hair types. Although, and I have to say, like, given, like, looking at some of the haircuts and and situations going on in the game already, I'm like, I really yeah. can't wait to see what they're going to do with they pubic have, hair. Like, they have, like, pube dreads. Yeah, and... or, like, the little, like, android marks on the pube area. Like, because <laughs> they have all kinds of, like, marks on their face, like, electrical shit or whatever. Like That's a good point. Are they going to have, like... Robotic. cybernetically enhanced dicks and, yeah i mean maybe and, and boobs maybe that's the two dick types maybe they didn't even worry about yeah. if it was uh circumcised or not maybe one of them's just a robot dick have like chrome junk yeah <laughs> i guess we'll have to see you could have like metal boobs but the the nipple is like organic yeah be pretty cool <laughs> seems complicated I, I mean i didn't make it <laughs> it seems like you did <laughs> All right. Well, I, it's a very fascinating game. Uh, we again have to wait till November. It was delayed last week, I believe. So, yeah, no longer. I think it was going to be August or something, right? Yeah, it was going to be August. They pushed it up, pushed it back to November, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So in the meantime, just uh, make sure that you have really nice pube hair and it matches the game. Yeah. I don't even know how to transition to this. <laughs> Do you think there's going to be like cosplay involving? The different types of genitalia you can have in cyberpunk i mean probably but they're yeah. gonna be like on the only fan sites yeah. i'm sure true true <laughs> i don't think you could go into a convention center for an event and, and have your junk hanging out and say oh no i'm just cosplaying somebody will find a way <laughs> i guess if you made a fake one yeah that you just this wore. Is like hanging on the outside. It's like part yeah. of your, it's like prosthetic. Yeah, it was yeah. clearly not yours. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you might get somebody who's like really smart and like somehow like cosmetically changes their junk to look like it's yeah. fake. Yeah. You know, like people do with the Borderlands cosplay. Yes. Where they give that cell shade look, look with makeup. makeup. Yep. They could probably do something like that to their junk and then. People go, oh, look at this prosthetic. Can I touch it? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> how, how did you get it to change shape like that? <laughs> well, I don't know how to transition to the next one, so I'm just going to come just, out and say it. Yeah, let's go for it. Facebook buys Ready at Dawn. The developer, who is known for The Order 1886 on PlayStation 4 and Lone Echo, a VR title. I don't know where that's actually at. I assume just VR. <laughs> yeah, it's in VR. Uh, and they have been acquired by Facebook, which will operate under the Oculus Studio banner. 
So they are still making VR content for gamers, uh, and they are currently working on Lone Echo 2, which is planned to be out in 2020, which I guess we have about half of the year left. So Yeah, so uh, <laughs> about that. They're just looking for a good time to release it. Yeah. They just, okay, They're maybe. Like, okay, maybe now. Maybe no. this month. Nope. Okay, we'll we'll wait for the next one. Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> hornet bees were a thing. We have to wait longer. Hornet bees. Or whatever it was. Murder hornets. <laughs> Murder hornets. <laughs> you left out the best part. Whatever. <laughs> See, that's how forgettable they were. Yeah. They came and went. Yeah. They came here to attack our our people, and then they realized what a shit show we already had. They're like, like yeah, never mind. this isn't gonna be fun. They already are occupied with other shit. We'll just go to the next planet. <laughs> the next planet. They're hanging out on Pluto. Yeah. Got bad news for them. <laughs> That's funny if you were to catch that joke. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I played most of the Order 1886. Which one was that again? I feel like I had It's a... like the Victorian English feel game uh, with, like, werewolves. It was like you were some, well, you were an order of okay. people who were basically there to hide werewolves from existence from okay. and save people from them. Gotcha. Um, I played, I think, at least half of it. It was really boring to me. It was more about the narrative rather than the gameplay itself, but it was kind of a third-person action shooter when it did have actual gameplay. It was okay. I know people loved it. I, I honestly was bored by it. And it's not even that long a game. I think it's less than eight hours. But I just couldn't finish it. Okay. So, not to say it's not fun. It just wasn't for me. Um, and I never played this Lone Echo. But maybe I'll check that out if it's a good price or something on PlayStation VR. Yeah, never heard of that either. Yeah. This is just showing that Facebook is making moves oh. to get into the gaming market. Yeah, I'm interested. It's an Oculus. It's only on Oculus? Well, this is published by Oculus VR, Oculus, Oculus Studios. Okay, so yeah, so it's not going to be... It's like a space station type game. Yeah. Okay, well, guess you have to get an Oculus now. Play your one game. <laughs> just buy a whole console. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. All right, I guess you're not committed enough. Sorry. But um, uh, you know who else is not committed enough to things? Who? Microsoft. <laughs> Apparently, Shots fired. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not against this, but you know, it was a good transition, I guess. Uh, Microsoft is actually permanently closing all but four physical stores. They're going to keep London, New York City, Sydney, and Redmond. And I think Redmond's in Washington, right? Right outside of Seattle. Yeah. I think that's their like main location be redesigned as microsoft experience centers um but the, the stores had already closed um a while back because of the whole pandemic situation they had the shifted their focus to the digital storefront already so they said that no layoffs will occur uh it says the the company's retail team members will continue to serve customers from microsoft corporate facilities and remotely provide sales training and support so yeah i i it, it sounds to me like this is really just a byproduct of the pandemic and what it's done to companies and they've kind of learned they don't need the physical 
stores mm-hmm. to do what they've been wanting to do right because they found that they can find success with the digital online market yeah and they're realizing that you really don't have to have people in a physical store always yeah a perfect example even uh craig has been needing a new xbox one controller for Mm -hmm. a while now his is you know over time they get weird with the joysticks and stuff and so he's been saying, like, yeah, I've, I've been trying to get one, but I, everyone's sold out whenever I go online to buy from, you know, like retail stores, they're all sold out. They don't have right. any or they're mm-hmm. backlog or, you know, the back stock. They don't. Yeah. He can't get one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you can just order right through your Xbox on the dashboard. You can go and customize your own controller Mm -hmm. and i don't think they're that much more expensive like Mm -hmm. maybe ten dollars more and they always have sales Mm -hmm. i was like you could literally make a custom controller Mm -hmm. and it will probably take just as long to get it as waiting for one in the store yeah at this point you might as well yeah and i was like you're a big ou fan yeah get those colors on your controller yeah you know like something like that yeah and you can get it you know engraved and all that stuff whatever Mm -hmm. the gamer tag or whatever you want to say so, I mean, so they've, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah. He, I think he's looking into it. Yeah. But um, the point is, they've already made moves to, to make stuff more accessible in that sense. Yeah. So, I feel like this is no surprise, especially after seeing companies find alternative ways to stay afloat, really, when, yeah. when there's less business, you know, with yeah. the physical world. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and honestly, I, have you ever seen a Microsoft store? One time. I don't, like, I knew there was one in San Francisco, but I've never been to one. The only time I ever saw one was when I was in Seattle. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, like, the Zune existed at that time, so that was a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. As far as these Microsoft Experience Centers, I'm assuming that's going to be something that plays into, like, the tech side of what they're doing just kind of the they have like a halo experience right i'm wondering if that's going to be something that would be at this kind of thing yeah that would it's like a sense. vr thing that they yeah because if were it's doing, like a microsoft like, experience and then it's basically they're wanting to show off everything that microsoft has off to has to offer right yeah. theoretically they're not necessarily selling it there they're just selling the idea mm-hmm. it sounds like yeah and they're like you can place your order or you can call there you go <laughs> exactly yeah you're not going to carry it out with you yeah you're going to place the order and yeah. get it on whatever shipping date mm-hmm. okay so in addition to abandoning a lot of <laughs> uh physical stores they're also abandoning and this is kind of big news mixer yeah probably the biggest news i'd say this week <laughs> yeah uh I, I saw this and i was like wait that can't be right i that what i thought this like was a big thing that people were into and everybody's using like this was definitely a a shock to me because mm-hmm. i always thought that mixer was growing well and becoming yeah. the more popular of the two twitch and mm-hmm. mixer right i know i know a lot of people who have switched over because of the what they offer for streamers who are, you know, trying to make it professionally, mm-hmm. uh, seems like they were doing a lot more and, and more customizing and, and right. worked better with them. Whereas Twitch is kind of seems to be more of the do what we say, 
well, you're gone. Right. Yeah. Um, so since they've decided Mixer isn't working out to whatever they're trying to go for these days, they're recommending everyone switch over to Facebook gaming, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's really less than four years ago is when they acquired Beam, which was what it was called before they took it over and rebranded it as Mixer in 2017. Yeah, I remember when it was called Beam. Yeah. So they bought it then. It wasn't something that they just built. No, they okay. purchased Beam and then they reworked it and added to it. And then they rebranded as Mixer in 2017. Um, and then Amazon acquired Twitch in 2014 and has remained the dominant force in the streaming world, apparently. And Microsoft's kind of like, all right, we're done dealing with this. Um, and in the blog post on their website by Phil Spencer... He says, we will work to transition the Mixer community over the next few weeks. Starting on July 22nd, all Mixer sites and apps will redirect users to Facebook Gaming. So to me, that makes it seem like they're partnering with Facebook Gaming. But I'm really unclear on yeah, that. Yeah, well, the first news I saw was it was a partnership. Okay. So it does kind of sound like they're handing mm-hmm. the torch over to Facebook and they're kind of leaving the Mixer concept behind but I'm assuming they have some kind of contractual deal to help Facebook succeed right? by trying to market their current streamers over to them. Yes. They're trying to not, like, lose that entire so I'm assuming market they made, share. I'm assuming Facebook paid them something oh, I'm sure to that get they this had... push in their direction mm-hmm. versus just saying we're just canceling Mixer. Right. Um it's very interesting to see them they're clearly kind of repositioning themselves to focus on other parts of their company um they're taking away a lot of the physical stores because they realized that wasn't necessary and then they realized that what for whatever reason the numbers with mixer weren't working for them so they're just repositioning and kind of focusing on the i assume the actual gaming the services, actual gaming not, services not the yes. third party right of service to watch other people play games right. exactly. essentially is what exactly. it is exactly yeah uh I'm a little surprised, though, because I feel like they had some potential. Like, they had, like, a whole concept to where they kind of made it a game in itself or, like, a leveling system mm. within streaming where you watched people stream, you got points, and then those points would then level you up, and then you got access to other things. Like, they tried to make, like, a, I don't want to say, like, a microtransaction concept to it because you didn't really have to, you didn't have to pay into it, but... You could. But you had incentives to just watch people play. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, Twitch doesn't really do that. It's just, this is the person. Watch them or don't. Yeah. This actually kind of makes it more like, more interactive, I guess, in the sense Mm -hmm. of feeling like you're achieving something by watching somebody for hours rather than just watching them for hours. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. And I've seen a lot of people who did use Mixer, you know, with their responses, and some are really upset, and Mm -hmm. I've seen some get really dramatic about it with long-ass, you know, social media speeches about Mm -hmm. about how, like, their life is ruined. Um, But it sounds like they're pretty much letting everybody move over to Facebook, so it shouldn't affect them too badly, assuming that the viewership they have plans to shift with them. Yeah, what I'm really curious to see is, does that mean Facebook Gaming is now going to have an app? Because probably they they seem to be more prominent on Facebook. I, I you know now I'm getting highlights in my feed of streamers mm-hmm. 
and this was before this was even announced. Yeah. You know, so you know, there there's someone who does Warzone stuff, and like mm-hmm. I'll I'll get stuff in my feed about him, and I my Facebook has nothing to do with Warzone right. <laughs> as far as yeah. Facebook knows. So they're getting the data but from your phone somewhere. Knows. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, uh, they're, they're definitely making a push, I think, for the gaming aspect for Facebook. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of pushing, Dr. Disrespect was pushed out, a.k.a. banned, of Twitch. Um, as far as we know. As far as we know. As it was There's announced. There's no official word, I don't think, yet. It's, no. Well, he's official. Uh, it's official that he's not on right. Twitch. There's no but word it's as to whether not it's official permanent whether it's or permanent temporary. Or not. However, it is confirmed that he is not allowed to be on there right now and his account is deactivated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, previously suspended in 2019 for streaming in the bathroom at E3. <laughs> which we, we were, were at. We were there, which we is were so at crazy. E3. We got yeah. the notice about him being banned. I was You're like, like what the what? fuck? You were like, I was just in the bathroom. I didn't see him. <laughs> There's only one. He wasn't there. <laughs> I recorded the whole thing. You can see it right here. <laughs> I was streaming in the bathroom. Um, and then he actually had recently signed a multi-year deal with Twitch in March. Not that long ago. And um, he had over 4 million followers and usually has greater than 20,000 concurrent viewers on his streams. So this is a little bit shocking. I assume whatever he did was pretty fucked up or at least assumed to be. Well, here's the thing. We, this isn't necessarily something that was ban worthy or suspended worthy, but he did have a situation also where he had cheated on his wife with some, you know, I'm assuming viewers that were all you know fans of his i don't know i'm assuming that's how they associated with him Mm -hmm. uh he did have a thing where he did his whole apology about cheating on his wife and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and so on top of the e3 thing there's that and now you have this culture going on where people are trying to call out sexual misconduct online Mm -hmm. specifically the gaming industry which we you know we're in the midst of a lot of that you know this last week literally was a a wave of people with accusations on others both in the gaming industry of development and the streaming side of just being streamers so even though there's no real reasoning as to what's going on it does seem like maybe it plays into that. It could, yeah. But the, that's obviously just my speculation because right. I have no idea. Yeah, they did not confirm whether it is permanent or not. The representative from Twitch um, did give a statement that says, as is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers regardless of status or prominence in the community. So... It's a very generic blanket statement, and that's yeah, which is much, what you're going to expect. Yeah, even him and his wife gave out statements. His wife said, "Oh, I'm standing behind my husband," mm-hmm. something like that. She didn't say anything about what was going on, just that that was it, and she was showing her support. And then he... I didn't even know he was married. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll find out if he still is later I on. Mean, yeah, but, who knows if he still is? True. Uh, it sounds like he is. Yeah, going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he put out like a statement basically saying sorry to his whatever his yeah. crew of viewers and stuff and um there was a video i guess from his stream where whatever happened he realized something was going on mm-hmm. and he had a quick 
reaction apologizing and saying to all of the people watching that they'll all get through this and they'll they'll figure it out whatever and then the the stream turned off after that oh i see so nobody knows what was happening in that video hmm and nobody knows what was happening in that video I don't. Oh, I, I think okay. it may be something that he read off oh, of his computer, not necessarily okay. what happened in the stream. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. I'm assuming he got notice of what was going on. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but he's a big name, yeah. so it's very surprising. Uh, and whether it's permanent ban or just a suspension, which it yeah. could just be, um, he's probably going to end up somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know where he's not going to end up though. Where? Mixer. Mm, well played. <laughs> well, hey, what do they have to lose? Yeah. Fucking sign them on right now. Sign them on right now. Sign them on right now. <laughs> Get all those people that just want to see the train wreck, yeah, you know? Yeah. For the next month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't really know what what possibly happened, but I'm assuming it has to do with all of the issues that have been Seriously? happening within the last week for the gaming industry. Yeah. Uh, going into that. Yeah. Ubisoft got hit pretty hard with uh, some accusations within their company. They put out a statement on social media responding to some accusations on employees that they have uh, within the gaming industry for alleged sexual misconduct, which was a part of this wave of people on social media. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It was kind of long. But the bullet points are they apologize to everyone affected by what has happened mm-hmm. uh they're doing an investigation using an external consultant to decide what's going on what was like you know the facts right really is what it is what hap- what actually happened with certain people that were being right. accused of whatever uh and they're working on additional measures to assure safety i assume that means within the company yeah seems like it um, and I don't really want to get into like names of these people just in case like there is, you know, misinformation, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But essentially three key employees of Ubisoft were a part of this that at least is out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a product brand manager who was accused of manipulation and emotional abuse and rape. I see. So. That's pretty, some pretty significant allegations. There. Yeah. Basically, the person, they put out, like, a blog telling their story is really what happened. And so that's that's a pretty heavy one. Yeah. Uh, PR director was accused of predatory behavior, um, which it sounded like it was more based on within the company itself of employees, women below him in the department. Okay. Uh, And then I, I guess you would say the biggest one at least on a news level, was the creative director of the current Assassin's Creed Valhalla game has stepped away from the project uh, because he was accused of engaging in extramarital affairs and not revealing or actively hiding his marital status to the people he dated. Yeah, and he's actually just on leave of absence, right? He didn't... Yes, so yeah. he's not fired or anything. He's and it was just... a voluntary thing that he did to... That's what I was... Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. He basically walked away because he needed to figure out his family situation. Right. And he probably couldn't focus on the job. Especially right, right before the launch of the game. I know, yeah. 
Um, which you probably will have to focus most of your life on. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. For the next few months. So the person who accused him basically went on Twitter and posted something about she was dating him for a year and found out he was married. Like, this was years ago. It wasn't even recent. But she was adding to this wave of stuff. Mm -hmm. And saying that whoever's next to date him, just so you know, he's married. Yeah, it's unclear on whether she was just the other woman and she's disgruntled about the situation. Or if um, there was ever any... I guess the, the, the argument is that he may have used... That he could have used his position of power as a way to instigate these relationships outside of his marriage and so that's probably why Ubisoft may not be thrilled with it doesn't meet with their moral standards and whatnot yeah so obviously we don't know the whole details yeah and this is kind of where we're getting into this weird where do you draw the line in Mm -hmm. the sand because yeah if you're accused of rape that needs to be looked into. That needs uh-huh. to be investigated. Yeah. Uh, especially on a criminal level. Not not even just whether you should have a job. Right. But something like this where it sounds like it's more of a... He cheated on his wife. And that's terrible. Yeah. That's shitty. He yeah. is not a good person in that sense. But yeah. it's not directly tied to his job. Right. So that's where I feel like it, it seems like it could be like a blur of... Yes. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, there's people in the world that are not good people and they make bad decisions, but that doesn't mean that they're not good at their job. And so it it doesn't mean that he is affected or doing anything to endanger his workplace. It's just maybe he has less than stellar decision-making skills in his personal life. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's the other question is like... Yeah. Wh- when is your personal life held accountable within your professional life? Yeah. Um, so really, it, and it seems like she's the only person, as far as I could tell, that has this issue with this guy uh, that was the creative director. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really know the context of if there's more women out there who are making these accusations as well. But it, I don't know. It just seems like... Ubisoft has a <laughs> lot of they got a lot, lot of, of PR to work on. A lot of paperwork coming up. Hopefully they have a lot of pens. <laughs> um, so who knows? Uh, it, it Again, these are just examples of things. Ubisoft seemed to have the biggest of the issues within their company right. come out. So uh, didn't really want to get too far into that. Just thought it was something that was considered relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's get on a little bit of, of a more positive beat yes let's avengers the war table uh stream was this week yeah and they showed some new footage uh, a lot of new footage mm-hmm. actually uh so the game takes place five years after the cinematic trailer that was revealed from the e3 uh 2019 which was in san francisco them on the the carrier fighting some battle and the avengers were blamed for the tragedy involving the terrigen mist which creates the Inhumans, right. which they tease in that whole thing. So because of that event, they basically dismantled the Avengers and they just went on their own ways. and Yeah, and they like outlawed superheroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it seems like this game will tie into the creation of AIM, which is a organization of evil within mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe Yeah, that uses technology. Uh, and it 
kind of tease the origin creation of Modok, which mm-hmm. seems to be, as far as we know, the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. But they also kind of imply that he's also a victim of the Terrigen right. within the story. So that kind of brings me to the question of, is he the main antagonist? Or is there somebody above him who's... Using him. Using him without his knowledge. Yeah, it's a good question. Which would be a great way of marketing this game because yeah. then there's more to it than they're, they're yeah. revealing. And then also the name in and of itself, Modoc, designed only for killing, implies that there's design, right? So yeah, I think you're I think you're onto something that there might be a bigger villain because they wouldn't just reveal everything in the first trailer. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's got to be more. Plus, yeah. we know that there's other villains in the game. You know, like the the first trailer they showed um, Taskmaster fighting Black Widow. Yes. Um, you know, there's the a cut scene where they show or a, a glimpse of Abomination fighting Hulk in this trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting they talked about, I can't remember the name of it, but they called it the technology, but it was like the, essentially the thing that is like Taskmaster, it adapts to oh, adaptoid. adaptoid. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that was another yeah tease on that yeah. concept is they mm-hmm. have adaptoid robots in this. Yeah. Not just one. Right. So they kind of highlighted more into their co-op and war zones, which are essentially missions that you play with friends. Yeah. Um, the game gave a, a feel of destiny to me. Okay. The, the way the game plays, it, it seems like it's going to be missions that you just play with your friends. You can customize your character by leveling up, mm-hmm. getting new upgrades, yeah, going back, repeating the same missions. Yeah, and then it says there's hero missions as well, which are like focused on one particular hero, and they're like basically saying that it's like character development and backstory in some yeah. cases. And those are probably intentional so that you are. I don't want to say forced, but they assure that you are going to level up each character, not right. just yeah. the one you want to play yeah. with. Yeah. One thing I really liked about when we watched this is it says it's each character has their own has multiple options for play style. So you can st- you can choose to play stealth Black Widow, but like a tank Hulk, obviously. I mean, I don't know if you could do a stealth Hulk, but. I'm just saying, like, they were saying that... He's just tiptoeing up to the enemy. (laughs) And then right at the last minute, Hulk smash! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, it's Hulk smash. Oh, right. Yeah, that's how it would work. (laughs) Um, I just liked that they were implying that you can customize each character to your play style, too. So you don't have to play... um, with the exception of Hulk, maybe. You don't have to play them as their stereotypical fighting style that you would have seen either in the comics or in the movies. Like, you can be more of a ranged shot just type. based off the skill set you buy. Yeah. It's just going to be, oh, do you want to use this skill or that yes. skill? Yes, it reminds me of Borderlands, where you choose the tree that you want to go to and stuff. Yeah, Which exactly. I like that it's flexible, Which, and I assume if they have that option, there's going to be a way for you to respec at some point, too. So if you want to go back and play as a different mm-hmm. play style with that same character, I'm down. That yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. Yeah. And it's very customizable. They're clearly going to have all these 
different suits that you can get for each character, like, you know, different cosmetics for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing that they said, though, was when they add in new story stuff, mm-hmm. new missions and stuff yeah. for the game, it's all going to be part of the game. It's free. Yeah. It's not going to be something that they're charging for, okay. which is pros to cons to that. Yeah. The pros is that's great. More fun stuff to play, right? Yeah. Uh, no extra charge. The cons is, well, if they're not getting any more money out of it, do they really have to commit to much of it? Right. Like they could, they don't have to like put up, like they're they're all in it. I kind of wonder if they're doing something kind of like uh, where they have all the material at least at a, a starting point right mm-hmm. now, and they're just kind of like releasing it as they finish each piece. So it's not like it's hopefully that they're doing something like that where they're releasing the game as is and then they'll release another little whatever mm-hmm. that isn't half-assed because they aren't rushing it after release they've been working yeah. on it the whole time and they just have like a timeline maybe i'm yeah. hoping that's well I, it sounds like again they're trying to do the destiny thing where yeah. they keep having an expansion i'm a well not as big of an expansion right. i'm sure but right. they have chunks that they they release and you just have a reason to keep coming back to the right. game I just hope they are going to be selling microtransactions, which are just cosmetics of okay. the character. You know, like Iron Man. You could get one of his billion suits if you yeah, want. Yeah, but a lot of them seem to be from the comics, so I was like, I'm good. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, and, uh, only some are going to be like that. You yeah. don't have to buy everything. A lot I'm of them just are going to really be in the game itself. Your friends will buy this game. Well, worst case, the two of us play it. That's true. Right? The rest of them would just be AIs then? I think that's what they were saying. Yeah, like, what they were saying yeah. is... You could literally play by yourself, and what it would do is it would take your leveled characters that you have already played and with, and then put them in there with and you, and put them in there with you. Okay. So they're also playing your your style, yes. and I assume leveling up right for you. That makes sense, even though you're not playing with them. Okay. Got it. Either way, it seems like it'd be a really fun Worst game case, to play with there's friends. There's two of us and, and some AI, right? That's true. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. This can be one of you. Oh, you don't have friends? Sorry, you can't even play the game now. <laughs> but you're single player. Yeah, but you don't have friends. Yeah. You can't. You don't have the right to play it. It's single pe- It's single player for people with friends. Yeah. <laughs> you loser. Uh, yeah, you know, and this game was very controversial. Like, when it first came out, people were really negative about the visual look of the characters. They're... I, I, I feel like I get people, it, but they're not the movie characters. No, they're not, and they're not even trying to be. They're similar enough that you can find you know exactly who they're supposed to be, but they're not supposed to be the same exact characters. So it, the one thing that I will say I noticed is this one definitely seemed to focus a lot more on Kamala Khan. Yeah, and she's trailer. been kind of like a at the forefront in the last few years. I think they're really trying to highlight her for diversity and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily know a lot about the character myself other than just watching like the animated shows in the yeah. last few years. Like I don't know the comic character of her, but it seems like she's really a popular character right now. She just her powers look stupid. I know they're effective. I get it. But they look I stupid. I get it. I, I agree. It. I agree. It's yeah. uh, same thing with, you know, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I was never Fantastic fan of Mr. Four. Fantastic like, cuz his powers look cool. dumb. Cool. You have the lamest powers ever. It's like fucking elongated man on the the Exactly. I was like, no, I don't care. Exactly. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Give me lightning. Give me thunder. Yeah. (laughs) Thor looked really good in this. Yeah, and I liked his his voice acting. Yes. I'm not sure who it is, but 
You did a good job. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounded like Thor to me. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that he was more his personality of speaking that yield. Oh, like old timey kind yeah, of. Yeah, medieval. Yes. Not so normalized. Right, yeah. You know, it, it adds formal. to his personality yeah. of where he came from. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Yeah. I know not everybody is sold on it, but, you know. I mean, I am. Avengers in a Destiny-style game, sure. 1, Especially when you're not going to charge me for yeah. every fucking yeah. DLC that comes out like Destiny did and was bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. They made you buy, you, like, Destiny. three different games. Yeah. Stupid. Um, I can't wait. And yeah. If you pre-order, apparently you get access to the beta. Have we pre-ordered yet? We have not yet. We got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> But, of course, PlayStation has a deal, so they will get the first beta before Xbox gets their beta. Oh. But both consoles will get a beta. Okay. So it's not an issue. It's just you have to feel like you're not as important if you're on Xbox. Whatever. We only have one PlayStation, so I guess that's how we have to do it. Well, I I was getting on Xbox anyways. Yeah. Because the the Xbox One X is superior to the PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah. Is that your hot take? I guess. It's, <laughs> it's not really... I'm not talking shit about yeah. the PS4 Pro. Right. It's just... It's a fact. Yeah. So the stats on mm-hmm. what they can do, DX is better. Gotcha. Did it give it to you? I mean, yeah. I had to pay for it. But it gave it to me. <laughs> I mean, I I choose all my third-party games on the X over the Pro, right? Yeah. Pro is essentially for my exclusives. Yeah. Much like The Last of Us Part 2. Yep. Which I have been playing the shit out of. Yes, you have. And uh, according to the PlayStation blog, they've sold more than 4 million copies during the opening weekend of June 19th to the 21st. Yeah. This has beat out the previous record of Spider-Man, which was 3.3 million. That's pretty impressive. That's a huge... Yeah, because that was a huge deal when Spider-Man did it. So Mm -hmm. that's that's crazy. Do you think this is warranted? How do you feel? We know there's a lot of controversy with this game. Uh Uh-huh. No matter what you feel about it, you have to agree. That's a pretty impressive Very. Uh, number mm-hmm. to accomplish. Absolutely. So it's obviously not that controversial of a game if that many fucking people are buying it. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, after they play it, they could not like what they bought. Mm-hmm. Just because you, you know, it's like movie uh, records. It's like That's true. a movie can be great in the box office, but people could have hated the fucking film. Right. Suicide Squad? <laughs> Very true. I mean, that movie was hated. Mm-hmm. But it did really well because people didn't know they hated it until yeah. they saw it. Yeah. And then there were people that just hate-watched it. Yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah. And then you have to present people that go, well, I gotta see how bad it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but leading into just The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Uh, we bought it. I played it. Spent about 30 hours on the game. Much more than I thought I could put in a, a week of... Of playing a game. Yeah. Got yeah, really hardcore. Yeah. It was many, many late nights. Yeah. Early mornings, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to perceive it. Uh, so I did play The Last of Us Part 2. So uh, that's my review this week. Uh, I played it in full. Complete the whole story. Uh, I went into it actually not that enthusiastic about the game because of all the leaks and all that stuff. I had actually been spoiled on something, but I didn't realize it because I assumed that they were just implying something from the first game. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really affect me in that sense too badly. But my overall take of this game is I really enjoyed it. It's pretty much the same 
game as Last of Us, Mm -hmm. as far as the gameplay itself. They do incorporate the Uncharted 4 style of semi-open areas of the world. Okay. That you can navigate. Mm Mm-hmm. But then mainly it's linear in between those little hubs. Okay. Uh, and they kind of incorporate the whole rope from the Uncharted 4 where you use the rope to like grapple the things and swing. Oh, okay. They have that to an extent. It's used differently. It's more about leverage okay. to climb up things rather than swing. Okay. But uh, in the sense of progressing the game mechanics, I felt like it was a little lackluster. Um they do have some things that they've improved upon the first game slightly for like the convenience of playing. As far as swapping like weapons and stuff like that, you will have the D-pad functionality is a little different that lets you go through multiple weapons instead of like the same couple that you could in the first game. Gotcha. The story is just what you expect though. It, Naughty Dog just knocks out of the park when it comes to story. Uh, I know it's controversial about the story because of things that people feel are forced within the narrative. But it's about on par with what I expected. If you take a side background of characters, mm-hmm. the story they're telling of just characters interacting with each other mm-hmm. is really good. And I think it did a really strong job at doing what most apocalyptic stories have tried to do in telling everybody's side of the story when it comes to like who's the good guy who's the bad guy you know really putting that gray zone in this chaotic world that doesn't have order okay and i really liked what they did because they made me without really saying anything about specific characters they made me question what i assumed I thought of specific characters from the initial parts of the game okay. later on. And then they ended up being somebody that I actually probably preferred over who I thought was my go-to character I liked. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Just overall, they uh, did a really good job with this game. Uh, mm-hmm. The negatives I will say is I feel like the game was a little too long. And I know you're like, well, it was 30 hours and you play 200-hour games. Yeah. So what the fuck do you mean? It goes back to our earlier conversation about how long a game is, right? So this game was 30 hours. It felt too long, though, because in my opinion, the last chunk of the game, which I'll say is like maybe the third act, maybe half of the third act, Mm -hmm. felt like it was just dragging on because they didn't know how to end the story even though i feel like they already ended the story i felt like they put the bow tie on and then they're like okay now keep going oh okay with more gameplay Mm -hmm. and it didn't really need to be there because it didn't really expand on anything of importance it was just more of what you've just played for the last 20 hours okay gotcha At the very least, I felt like they could have rearranged how they implemented that part of the story into the act, the second act, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe kind of compressed it into a different section instead of what they did. Or it would have been great as DLC. I think they've said they're not planning to do DLC, but I feel like they could have easily done this as, hey, now check out this DLC expanding on the story a little bit more. Yeah. That, again, wasn't really necessary. Gotcha. Uh, so overall, 
I think they played it safe as far as the mechanics go. They did not play it safe with the story because, as we know, huge controversy. People mm-hmm. feel like there, there's narratives being forced on society. You know, currently with a lot of the movements happening in the world, uh-huh. um, and wherever you stand on that, I you know that's that's your thing. But um, I personally really enjoyed the game. I don't feel like it really forced anything. They do have things, but I don't think it's really any different. For example, I'm just going to say this. It's not really spoilers. Ellie is a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, The first game established that within uh, its DLC. Mm -hmm. That's been known. So they do kind of go into that a little bit with this, with her interactions with certain characters. Mm -hmm. But it's not like it's anything extreme that you wouldn't expect from a game you know like uncharted 4 has a section where you are married to i don't remember her name one of the characters from the game Mm -hmm. and then you have a kid so a a part of that game is you just with your family in your house there's a part of this game where it's really the same kind of concept where you're just with the person you're in a relationship with and it's not necessarily building toward the full story of the problem you're Mm -hmm. fighting but it's just like a little caveat of who she is right but it's a great game uh there's no multiplayer it's only the story they have replay value though they've added uh, a bunch of things that you find you know Mm -hmm. every game has the shit you find and then you can go back and find more Mm -hmm. that you missed um they have a lot of upgrades that you can do they have a new game plus Okay. Which it doesn't just let you play the game again with the stuff you already found. It also makes it harder. So you will have to actually need those things that you found already. Right. Yeah. Because it'll be needed to actually survive. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the creature side of this game, the clickers, uh, they don't seem like there's anything that's that far-fetched from what they had in the first game. They have some slight different variations of the clickers, which are the people who are turned whatever fungus monsters right right they call them clickers they really focus on the stealth aspect of sneaking around taking people out taking out clickers but really the clickers are not the focus of this game it's really about the characters themselves interacting mm-hmm. in their personal story that they tell okay. they just happen to be in this world got it of these creatures okay well, that's good to know so my overall it's more of the same but really fucking worth playing if you enjoyed The Last of Us. If you if you found the gameplay boring in that first game, you're not going to find anything new here. Okay. It's really just the narrative. So for people who really liked the first one, you would recommend that they play this one? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Even... my, my final verdict, I'm going to give this... Uh, I'll give it a four out of five clicks. Okay. Well, good. That's good to know. And then you would talk to me how you might be going back to play the the first game again. So I'll be. Yeah, I've always been wanting. I've been wanting to do that. I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. Now I played this. I'm like, oh, now I want to go back for sure, so I can kind of remember what that game fully was in case there's something in this game that I am completely missing. The interactions right. will have some direct connection to. Gotcha. Cool. The story, I'm not going to say what it is, obviously, but the story in the second game has a connection to the first one, but in a way that 
really layers itself with a lot of symbolism that just makes I think makes it much better than just the story itself. Does that make any sense? I think so, yes. That sounds like a no. No, I mean okay. it makes as much sense as it can without me knowing anything about what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I'm hoping the fine uh, I if hopefully you're going to play the game. Yeah. And hopefully within a year. Yeah. But if you don't, I really hope I can find people who also played this game mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to try to do a specific ex- episode just about spoilers of the game and right. all of getting into the stuff because there's so much stuff I would love to talk about. But obviously the game just came out not even a week ago, so I don't want to like spoil it for everybody. Right. That's fair. But if you really care about narrative, get this fucking game. Okay. I mean, there, again, there's a lot of controversy that people think that this game was like, had a secret agenda for stuff, which... I see. I understand where they're coming from, but I don't feel like it's really doing that. Gotcha. So I just think it's a quality game to to represent that games can be so much more than just entertainment for, you know, like this is truly a a movie blockbuster level uh, story. Okay. All right. Well, I can't wait. The writer slash director, whatever lead of this game is the guy who's going to be hands-on with the Last of Us show for HBO. Yes. Which so is also going to be working with uh, the guy who did, who also did Chernobyl yeah. for HBO and so was a huge hit. So yeah. uh, Neil Druckmann is the name of the guy for The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think of the guy? He knows how to tell a story. I, yeah. Not that much is for sure. Okay. Good to know. Well, that's about it for our episode this week. You should check us out on Facebook. We have a group on there called Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, and you can interact with us all week long. We'll be posting articles and funny, relevant stuff. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We would really appreciate any kind of feedback from you. If you want to send us uh, an email, we have our email is dtfpod at gmail.com, or you can just make a review, whichever way works for you. Um, if you want to suggest content or you want us to play a game and review it or something like that, you can send that to our email as well. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on dtfcast.com or you can follow Steven on social media. At Classy Cat Dad on Instagram and Twitter. That's the last of us <laughs> for this week's episode yeah. of Dissecting This Fiction, episode it, 41. It is. Stay tuned for part two of Movies and Television. Yes. Bye-bye.